Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 55, Ticket to Ride. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. Hey, what's up, Pete? And no Tom. We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So Pete, I, I gotta tell you, I admire your dedication to this podcast. I wish I could have been here last week, but Tom and I are just playing musical chairs on you, it seems. Apparently so. I'm the one uh, I'm the one constant in the podcast for right now. Well, I gotta be honest, Pete. Without you, this podcast just wouldn't happen. So we appreciate everything you do for us. It, it would crumble. It would crumble. So tonight, we're gonna go through our favorite ride vehicles at Disney World. And a couple of factors that come into a play there with choosing those before we do that at this point i'm so used to saying let's go to tom with the news but i guess i'm going to go to myself with the news uh, for tonight so we'll start at magic kingdom a couple things here rivers of america the construction is done they have refilled the rivers of america so the boat should be back in place in the next couple of weeks and you should be able to start riding on that once again the ziploc bags have begun to be handed out at splash mountain this is something that i'm very passionate about and i went on a tirade about last week i'm sure you have something to say about it as well matt you know what i do um when this news first popped recently you and i just kind of didn't understand it we said okay so no plastic straws but we're going to give you ziploc bags at splash mountain and i'm not going to get on my big soapbox here but it's just interesting to me i heard i listened to the podcast obviously you know when i couldn't couldn't partake last week but you guys harped on it it still makes no sense to me and these bags they are themed. They do not have characters on them. They say, have a zippity doo da day and keep dry. They do have recycling bins set up at the end of the ride so you can recycle them. And I mean, if I'm going, I'm, I'm bringing it home as a, as a keepsake. And then finally at Magic Kingdom, we talked last week about the Move It, Shake It, Dance It, Play It party being replaced. So they're changing the name to the Move It, Shake It, Mouska Dance It. Basically, I think all they're doing here is they're taking, right now they're playing like pop music, and I think they're replacing it with uh, Mickey Mouse Club songs. I don't know how much else is going to change, but uh, obviously Mickey and Minnie are going to be there. And this is going to happen early 2019, so probably January, February of 2019. So let's take the monorail over to Epcot for some Epcot news. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. Illuminations is officially ending the second half of 2019. So we've got a year before this happens, roughly. Don't have any word on what the replacement's going to be, but I'm kind of curious, is this going to be an Epcot World Showcase-themed fireworks show, or are they going to go more with the theme of where Epcot's going? Are they going to introduce some characters here? Yeah. What's it going to be? You know, I've, I've heard, I've read, and I've talked to some folks, and um, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about some of the, the folks I've been talking to um, later in this podcast from what we've, what I've read, some of the rumors I've heard is they are going to be showing the new show, whatever I guess, performing the new show after Illuminations starting soon. So it'll be like a grand exit for Illuminations while also showing the new show right after Illumination concludes. And from what I've read and heard, they're going to be interjecting a lot more characters into this show, which I think will be fun. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they're characters from the World Showcase who can be tailored directly to Epcot. Or if it'll be just be every you know animated feature that Disney has had. I, I think the direction Epcot is going, it's it's going to be Disney characters, 
And I think that's unfortunate because I think Epcot's always kind of been the place you go to escape from the Disney characters. If it's me, I'm keeping it very global themed, very world showcase themed, you know, celebrating different cultures. I, I may bring some characters in here, but they're going to be characters that fit that theme. I'm not going to put Mickey Mouse in here. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I hope that I haven't been upset about anything they've done except for the show to Animal Kingdom, which is, I don't know. How, I mean, Pete, how do you feel about the show to Animal Kingdom? We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So the Universe of Energy pavilion has been pretty much gutted. The sign is down now. You can actually kind of see into the pavilion. And this is, of course, going to be used as the queue loading area and the first part of the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride when it does open. So they're making progress on it. Uh, We've heard some rumors, more rumors about World Showcase, that an India pavilion might be coming. This is exciting for a couple of reasons. One, it would be the first new pavilion since Norway back in the 80s. But two, if they go ahead with the plans that they have in place now, there's going to be a giant ride, and and it's going to be a major attraction based on the live-action Jungle Book. And the most exciting part of this to me is that the ride system that this ride would be based on is the ride system from the Shanghai Disney Pirates of the Caribbean, which is, if you've been fortunate enough to go and see it, or if you've watched it on YouTube, is incredible. This is one of the things I've been most excited for. Um, Ever since you dropped this into our group chat, Pete, last week, this is exciting to me. Of course, there's still rumors of a Brazil pavilion coming. That's been the rumor for a long time now. I don't think there's anything as exciting planned on the attraction front for Brazil, but it, but still, I think I think there are plans to expand World Showcase, which is great. So, Pete, while we're still in India, do you think we'll have a scaled Taj Mahal in India? Maybe like the Eiffel Tower? I mean, I, I don't see how uh, how you could avoid that. Now, what if the Jungle Book ride is inside the Taj Mahal? How cool would that be? You know, it would remind me of one of my favorite attractions that has passed now and that is of course the great movie ride in the chinese theater at uh at hollywood studio so yeah well, i think it's i think everybody it's sit down pete said the great movie ride <laughs> no i think it's definitely doable i'm just more excited to see what disney can do with this this ride system that they've got so our next piece of news for epcot and it's the last piece of news for epcot the 2019 flower of the arts and flower and garden schedules have been released Uh, The Festival of the Arts is going to be from January 18th through February 25th. The Flower and Garden from March 6th through June 3rd. Also, the concert series that go along with both of these uh, festivals has been expanded. In the past few years, it's been Thursday through Monday, and they've expanded it so it's seven days a week now, so that everybody that's going to these can can take advantage of, of those concerts. So, and I've been to Flower and Garden before, I mean, it's it's food and wine without food and wine, really. It's a little bit different theming, but a lot of the same stuff. So moving over to Hollywood Studios, we talked last week, the Star-Lord and Baby Groot character meet and greet will be ending. And that's going to be ending actually at the end of this month on the 29th. So there will be nothing there while it's, it's refurbished. And then in January, it'll reopen as a Monsters, Inc. meet and greet with Mike and Sully. So there will be a replacement for that. The... 
Star Wars Galaxy Far, Far Away stage show is going to be closing for a couple of weeks in that same time period. So after the 29th, and I think it's coming back in November. I think it's I think it's five weeks that it's going to be closed for. Also, another block party coming to Pixar Place. Pixar Place is pretty much gutted right now. I mean, with, with what's going on in Toy Story Land, new, uh, new Incredibles block party is going to be coming to Pixar Place. There is going to be, I don't know if it's going to be an Edna Mode meet and greet, but their Edna Mode will have a presence in there with some of her greatest creations. So I'm assuming that means there'll be a meet and greet and, and kind of her lab or her factory will be, uh, will be represented there. And that'll be really fun, especially for the kids. I think the kids will really enjoy that because The Incredibles is just huge. It's just huge right now. So last but not least, let's go over to Animal Kingdom. Just a couple of things here at Animal Kingdom, but they are they are pretty major. First thing is that all live actors have been removed or will be removed from Rivers of Light starting the end of September. So if you've seen the show, you know that there's boats with live actors portraying shaman on them. Those boats will still be present during the show, but they will be empty. There will be no more live actors. And then finally... Rafiki's Planet Watch will be closing in October. This hasn't been officially announced and not 100% sure if this was done for budgetary reasons or if there's some future expansion in Animal Kingdom that they're they're looking into doing. Pretty sure at this point that it's budgetary reasons. You know, the same reason with the Rivers of Light cutbacks. Disney's trying to save money right now. I don't think attendance is quite what they, uh, what they thought it was going to be for this time period. We've seen some pictures from the parks some of the afternoons and it's been pretty empty. So it's a good time to plan a trip to Disney World right now if uh, if you've got some free time, if you got some vacation time planned up or saved up. So that's all the news that we've got. Anything else from you? Uh, on the news side, no. I do want to mention that um this past week I had the great pleasure of um joining the Disney at a Distance podcast. And you know what? It was really fun. It was refreshing to be able to talk about Disney with someone other than Tom and Pete. Um it was <laughs> it was good. I had a blast. Um, those those folks over on that podcast, they really love Disney World and they know their stuff. You know, please give them a listen. You can find them at at Disney Distance on Twitter. You know, I just highly recommend you give these folks a listen. It's much more of a um, energetic podcast. You know, we get excited on our podcast when you have seven or eight people on their on their podcast all getting excited about Disney and talking about something. It really kind of gives you like you're hanging out in the in someone's living room as they talk about you know one of their favorite things, and you're just a part of the conversation. It's a lot of fun. Again, you can find them at Disney Distance on Twitter, and um, I know they're on Podbean, they're on iTunes. You can find them everywhere. And if you go to our social media on our Twitter, you will be able to um, kind of catch up on who some of these folks are, you know, see some of my interactions and just, you know, please give them a follow. Please give them a listen. And we can't wait to have them on our podcast. It was just a lot of fun. So go find that podcast with me on it. Go listen to our new friends and um, let us know what you thought. Matt might be defecting here pretty soon. Uh, apparently we're not energetic enough for him. Oh my gosh. Not true. Let's, uh, let's pause for just a minute here to hear from our sponsors. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. 
a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Men Do WDW podcast sent you. All right, well, let's go straight into our main topic for tonight. We're going to be talking about our favorite ride vehicles at Disney World. Now, before we get into this, a couple of things. Number one, I think that there's going to be one ride vehicle that if Tom were here tonight, we would we would have on this list. But because neither Matt nor I have been on this ride, we had to leave it off. And, and that's, of course, Flight of Passage. So I do want to say I, I do think that that is a kind of revolutionary ride vehicle. I know some people find it uncomfortable. Some people don't fit. But from everything that we've heard, it really does add to the experience of that ride. So I think that's a major absence that you'll see from this list. And then second, this list of our favorite ride vehicles takes a couple of things into into consideration, a couple of things into account. You know, first we're going to look at the theming of these of these ride vehicles. Is it is it a roller coaster car? Is it a is it a log? You know, how is it themed? How does that fit the overall ride? Second, we're going to look at comfort level. I'm a I'm a pretty big guy, so I like a lot of room on my rides. Some of these rides are, are pretty tight. For me, I've never I've never had a ride that I didn't fit on, but some of them get pretty tight. Matt's put on about forty or fifty pounds in the last couple of last couple of months, so I know that that's going to be a concern for him going forward too. Oh my gosh! I hope my wife's not listening because she'd be like, "You have gained weight." <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's important too that we need to separate the ride vehicle, which is what we're talking about tonight, from the overall ride. We're we're hoping that this ride vehicle fits into the attraction that it's tailored for but you know when we we're gonna have 10 of our best and then we're gonna have a couple that we don't really like that much but we still love the ride like it's not like we're saying this ride's poo poo we're saying this ride's great we just don't like the ride vehicle maybe they can make it a little bigger for me and pete there you go and i, and I don't want to really put these in any kind of order i think yeah I don't that's think so gonna either. be kind of difficult so let's just start and and the first one we came up with was kilimanjaro safaris i, I don't think that they could have done this any better i mean you've got an open air truck that a cast member is driving on an on a road. It looks like a safari vehicle. They're relatively comfortable. They're they're open on all sides. You can really see out all around. I mean, I think this ride vehicle perfectly complements the ride. Uh, I I couldn't disagree with you if I tried. I think that this this might be one of the most enjoyable ride experiences, just from a stance, just from the standpoint that this is 
a longer ride and you are comfortable the entire time. There's some rides that you'll you'll get on and you'll say, okay, it's only going to be for a minute and a half or it's only going to be for two minutes. I love this ride so much that I might be a little uncomfortable. I'll forget about it quickly. This ride, you're, you're comfortable the entire time. You're just seeing amazing animals everywhere you look and just being in like that truck, that Jeep. It's really cool. It's a cool feel as well. So I'll agree with you there, Pete. Imagine this ride as like if you were in a glassed in vehicle. It just it, oh, it wouldn't it would be the same. It would take away everything. Mm-hmm. It would take away the entire experience. And yes, I mean, when you're riding around, you do feel a little bit of wind. You do feel, you know, a breeze, which is really cool, which is very similar to um, my number two attraction here, which is Soren. Soren, I'm, I'm comfortable. I feel like I'm literally in a hang glider, which is the intent. And just the way that this ride vehicle maneuvers you and lets you feel like you are flying and you're flying through scents, you're flying through sights, you're flying through everything that you would ever want to see, you know, up up in the air. And so this is one of the things that I just think I'm comfortable on it. It fits. Even if you were to look at this ride without the screen on and just look at the ride vehicles, you'd say, wow, that's cool. Without knowing anything about the attraction. You know, what I want to say about this ride vehicle is that the, the theming on this is not anything, right? I mean, it's not... It's not really themed. You're in chairs, basically. But I, th- I think that that is outweighed by what these chairs do. I mean, the, the fact that you're up in the air, the fact that you're kind of free swinging, you're swaying back and forth. There's plenty of room in these chairs. You don't ever feel, this is kind of a thrill ride, but not really a thrill ride. You don't ever feel like, hey, I might fall out of this chair. Yeah. I think these fit very well. And yeah, if you're sitting in just a theater watching watching this movie... Sure, it's it looks cool, and maybe you get the sense, maybe they blow some wind in your face, but you you miss out on that kind of gentle swaying, and I don't know, it just it, it would ruin the effect not to have these ride vehicles on this ride. And I, I think the best way I can describe these ride vehicles is they're they're effortless. Like it doesn't feel like they're doing too much of moving. There, you're not hearing mechanical parts moving around. Like it's just, I mean, I'm, if you look at me right now, I'm swaying from left to right and like bending into turns and. You just, it's so effortless and it's so much fun. Yep. So let's, let's go to, and I've kind of got a slash here because I don't really know which one to put in front of the other. They're very similar ride vehicles, kind of. And that is the ride vehicles for, for Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin and, and Toy Story Midway Mania. You look at Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, that's kind of the first generation. A little bit different in that you do have some control over those vehicles. But then moving into Toy Story Midway Mania, you are similar concept. You, you don't have the control over the vehicles, but you are controlling a gun. Personally, for me, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the Buzz Lightyear because it's a lot easier for you to win if you, get to, if you get to control that car and you can really hurt the other person that you're with. Whereas in the, in the Midway Mania, both people have kind of a fair shot at it. And I agree with you. And I think that... What makes Buzz Lightyear's ride vehicle so special to me is the control element. It was the first ride I'd ever been on where I could control where I wanted to shoot. I could control what I wanted to look at. I could, you know, even if you take away the the shooting aspect of it, there's so many Toy Story scenes on that ride. And having the ability to control what you're looking at is really cool and it's really fun. And I kind of feel the same way as you, Pete. You know, as a veteran Disney park goer and as a veteran of... Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, I like being able to sabotage my my teammate slash opponent in the car with me. So my problem with Buzz Lightyear, though, is that the vehicles are starting to get a little run down. 
Yeah, they're showing their age, and that's one of those things when you have a almost 20-year-old ride, or maybe it is 20 years old now. It's still, it's really cool for me just because I am comfortable in the ride vehicle. I mean, I've gone on that ride three deep before with people, and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I mean, obviously, I was a kid, and I was like my mom, my brother, and me. But, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, and then just Toy Story Midway Mania, it takes everything great about Buzz Lightyear, and minus the steering, takes everything up a notch. It's just, it's such a fun ride vehicle and it just fits. It fits the ride. And I think that's like going to be a big, a big key here in every ride vehicle we talk about. It just feels like it fits the ride. Yep. No, I agree. And and look, moving on to our next one, this, this, this next one fits the ride and and that's Pirates of the Caribbean. You have to be on a boat, right? Yeah. You have to be on a boat. These are pretty simple boats, but the nice thing about Pirates of the Caribbean is they are not trying to cram eight people across in a row. They're generally pretty good about two people to a row, three people to a row, maybe. Yeah. The other thing I like about these boats is that, you know, again, they're they're very open. You're sitting very low in the water. You're very close to the water. You're very close to the scenery that's that's going on around you. And and I think since they've redone all these ride vehicles, I think you have a little bit more of a tendency to get wet on these than you ever did in the past, both from the cannon shots and now from uh, from the drop. That's where I was going to go with it. I was going to say it's kind of nice to be on a water ride and get wet because you used to not get wet on pirates. Like you might get a little, you know, a little drizzle, but I mean, a little s- splash of water. But that's one of the things that I think is awesome about, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. I love like what you said about being close. And I don't want to rehash everything you said, but I just agree with you. You know, I think it was, it's just perfect. Um, I'm going to go to the next one here, number five on our list. And it's Rock and Roller Coaster. Everything from the, the the queue to the pre-ride videos, everything just sets you up for a rock and roll concert. And then you get there and it's a super stretch limo. And the presentation of the entire ride, where you actually have the license plates that have funny little, you know, gotta go fast and stuff like that. That's really, really cool. I think Disney nailed it on Rock and Roller Coaster. Just absolutely knocked it out of the park. It's so cool that you're in a super stretch limo. You know you're going to get to the concert fast, and it just delivers. It's smooth. It's I've always felt Rock and Roller Coaster is pretty smooth. I love the speakers are right behind your head, where Rock and Roll is just being blasted in your ear. It really just sets you up. And it's like, it's almost, I mean, you talk about like just getting ready for a concert and what you'd be doing. You'd be blaring rock music on the way to the show, driving as fast as you can with your buddies, getting ready for it. And that's what, that's what you're doing on Rock and Roller Coaster, and that's why this... This ride vehicle is so good and so amazing. What do you think, Pete? So a, a couple of things here. First off, this is a roller coaster, obviously. It's a roller coaster that goes upside down. It corkscrews. So you're limited in what you can do with that. You're, you're going to have to have harnesses. You're going to have to have restraints. I think Disney's done a good job with this because it's it's not uncomfortable to ride in this roller coaster. You kind of feel like you are just sinking in and, and you're restrained, but it's not uncomfortable unless you're huge. The... Second thing is the launch, and I know that technically that's part of the ride, but it fits the theme of the of the yeah. super stretch limo accelerating, right? So I, I think Disney did a great job of taking, you know, working within the limitations that they had. Of hey, this is a uh, this is a roller coaster. What can we do with it? And and making it that super stretch limo, it just it works really really well. And and yeah, the the sound system. I think I've read somewhere that the sound system that they put in these things is is the most advanced ever put into you know any roller coaster. Certainly, I don't know about any ride, it but definitely any roller coaster. 
because how many of how many more roller coasters have anything like this? You you hear music in the background. I mean, there might be a little bit of music coming from the car, but right in your ear, blaring Aerosmith. Ah, I love it. I love it, man. We're gonna go, you know, right next door from Rock and Roller Coaster, and we're gonna go to Tower of Terror. And I want Pete to really break this one down because he is a huge Tower of Terror fan. No, I I do like Tower of Terror a lot, and you know, for me, this ride starts with the theming because. In its in its essence and, and in its heart, this is a drop tower ride, right? So you're going up and you're getting dropped. But the fact that these ride vehicles can move through the attraction, they switch onto multiple tracks, they go up, they go down, they pause, you know, they, they go forward, they go right. I mean they Exactly. So you know, the theming is is what it is, right? It's supposed to be an, an elevator, an abandoned elevator, and that's fine. What else? I the other thing that I like about these ride vehicles is that you're you're not super super restrained. So you think you think about rock and roller coaster. You think of all the restraints that you have on here. What do you have on this? A seatbelt? Yeah, yeah. You, well, you used to have a bar. You, I don't think you used to have a seatbelt when the ride first debuted. But yeah, you have a seatbelt. But this, what I love about the seatbelt is there's a little give to it, and not necessarily give because I put on a little bit of weight, but given the fact that I mean the bottom of the ride vehicle is just. It's kind of a grate, so you feel the air rushing. And I don't know if they pump air, and I don't know what they do, but you feel the air coming, which is exi- like exhilarates the, the drop. But also, the seatbelt gives just enough that your butt will come off the off the seat when you're dropping. And it's just it's one of those Disney touches that you know I've ridden a million of the drop towers. You know, I've been in the big you know circle, pointing out like facing outward, and oh, we dropped. But Disney does something different. And I think the ride vehicle is the difference. So not only that, I also like the fact that you are in this elevator car with a lot of other people. And it's stadium seating, which is cool. That that adds to the experience for me because being being in the car with all these other people. We're going to move on now to the Magic Kingdom. And we're going to talk about the Haunted Mansion. So so this is the classic Omnimover, right? I mean, yeah. this... There are a lot of rides that are based on this on this uh, the ride vehicle system, but of course here you're in Doom buggies. And I love how the Doom buggy, Doom golly, I can't talk right now, but the Doom buggies will they're continuously moving. You might have it stop every once in a while, but what I love about the stops is the stop is always in some part of the haunted mansion that's maybe a little creepy. Maybe you're sticking around longer than you really want to stick around. But aside from that, they're constantly moving. They spin around. They tilt backwards. They're very conducive to the environment of the Haunted Mansion. And it's really interesting to me the way that they kind of kind of envelop you and wrap you in. Almost like you're in a coffin. Almost like you got to look around the corner before. Like they don't let you see anything around the corner before they want you to. You'd have to really, you know, crane your neck and look. Right. And that's that's what I wanted to say is that, yeah, they, they these ride vehicles really direct your viewpoint. So you focus on the things that the Imagineers want you to focus on instead of looking all around. So you're seeing what's right in front of you. You're not trying to look over your shoulder or look over at the next at the next ride vehicle. It, it really personalizes the ride for you. And I think the ride vehicle does a lot for that. One of the things that I like, and this is, I mean, I don't know if the Imagineers really thought about this, but you know, right before you start your journey into the Haunted Mansion, the material of the Doom Buggy is, you know, pretty conducive to like the one of the, like the employee's, 
like banging on the back of it as you're about to go through and when you're not expecting it and it's like it's not like hard plastic where you know you can't really hear it's like a ting it's like a bang 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 they'll do that every once in a while and it'll get you and i and and you could kind of put spaceship earth into the same category here same same ride vehicle system but for me it just does a lot more in in the haunted mansion Let's move over to Animal Kingdom, Pete. Yeah, so the Ride Vehicle Expedition Everest, again, another roller coaster. This one themed like a like a mine train and you know, complete with working smoke from the uh from the front of the train. What's so cool about this this ride vehicle, I mean, it's a standard roller coaster, right? You've got a lap bar. Not not really uncomfortable. But a couple of things that I really love about this are the fact that this ride is so smooth. So it's a steel track roller coaster, obviously, and and that contributes a lot to it. But the other thing that I that I really love about this is is the ability of the ride vehicles to go backwards and forwards. So a, a major component of this ride is going backwards. I remember the very first time I rode this, and I I, I had cheated. Like Expedition Everest was a huge ride when it came to Animal Kingdom. And this is right when you people started filming their experiences on Disney and putting it on YouTube. And I remember watching this and just, just being so ready to go backwards, but I couldn't really tell when I was going to go backwards until you really know you're about to go backwards. And it was just so much fun because the, the ride is so smooth. And what I love about it and I love about the ride vehicles is I almost feel like I'm gliding on ice. Like I'm gliding on like snow, like I'm snowboarding or I'm snow skiing. How quickly you move and how like the turns are kind of like hairpin and the entire time, it's like almost like you're going up, like up the mountain, and coming back down on a snowboard or coming back down on skis. And I have to think that was kind of intended, which is what always makes a ride vehicle for me. When I figure out something after my fifth or sixth time riding it that I didn't realize like innately right away, and it's all possible because of the ride vehicle. So let's let's go to something a little bit tamer here. Back over at, at Magic Kingdom, I, I think that we don't give this ride enough credit. I think we give it enough credit. I think the average Disney park goer does not give it enough credit. And, and we're, we're talking about Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, which is, of course, a slow-moving, gentle train ride above Tomorrowland. Oh, it's in the shade. But 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 let's think about these ride vehicles. A, they're continuously moving, right? So the lines for this typically don't get long because it puts so many people through. The vehicles themselves are they're they're futuristic looking, but they're super roomy and they're super comfortable. Especially if if it's you and one other person, you can both kind of kick your feet up on the opposite side because these these vehicles do have two benches facing each other. And so it's really, really conducive to you and another person both putting your feet up and, and just enjoying a ride around uh, Tomorrowland. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. If I'm ever trying to just relax, I've found my, my park bench in the shade that moves and gets me air, which is hard to come by in Disney World, especially the Magic Kingdom when it's packed and there's a lot of people there and it's the middle of summer and I'm constantly going in and out of air conditioning and like I said, the shade is there. This one, it's, it's underrated, and I agree with you, Pete. Just the whole entire design and just kind of being in like like a little bean almost. You're just like a little comfort bean. And to me, when I was a kid, I don't know. I, I like legit thought this was the future of transportation. This is how we were going to get around in our cities in these cool, whatever, magnetically levitated cars, which of course they're not. But but you didn't know that. No, I had no clue. I mean, it, it just, it really fits the theming of, of the area well as kind of a, kind of a futuristic train system. 
I agree. I think our last one might be the most fun ride vehicle we've talked about just because of its ability to do multiple, multiple things. Yeah. And and so this is kind of the evolution of the Omnimover system. And, you know, if you think about it, think about Spaceship Earth, think about Haunted Mansion. If if you went back and replaced the Omnimover system with this system, how much better would those rides be? And and we're we're talking about the uh, the motion vehicle system from Dinosaur. This is kind of the next gen technology, I guess, over the uh, over the Omnimovers because these cars have the ability to move around and to bounce around and to to roll and to pitch and and each one independently. Oh, you you just feel like you're in a in a Wrangler commercial where they're just showing you every possible thing this Wrangler can do. Well, and, and think about it. It really puts you in the ride more so than any other ride vehicle does. I mean, I think about a, you know, in Dinosaur, your your tires get stuck or you get stuck and your tires are spinning in the mud and you can actually feel the, the back of the, of the ride vehicle moving like your tires are spinning. You've got a little bit of variation, I guess, in speed in the in the Omnimover and Haunted Mansion, but for the most part, it's a steady crawl, right? You're not going super fast. But with this ride system, you can come to a complete stop and then accelerate and turn and slow down and speed up. It just, it really does a lot to add to the ride. This is the same ride vehicle that they use on the Indiana Jones ride at, uh, at Disneyland, which of course... We're all kind of hoping Dinosaur gets a re-theme too. But same same ride vehicle. And it, and it's, you know, it, it works there too because you're kind of supposed to be in a Jeep exploring this temple with Indiana Jones. And the last one, and we're going to say this because Tom's not here. And for some reason, Tom does not like this attraction. The teacups are fun for me. You just, everyone's in there making this thing spin out of control. You're comfortable the entire time until you get dizzy. But that's not, that's not the ride vehicle's fault. That's your fault. But they've stood the test of time. Yeah, I I think these uh, these ride vehicles were pretty clever. Obviously, they're old. You know, they've been around for a long time, and they give you the opportunity to spin as fast or as slow as you want. All right, so let's talk about some of um, what we would consider the worst ride vehicles at Walt Disney World. Since Tom's not here, I'm going to pick on his on his baby Space Mountain. Yeah, I, I I don't really care for the ride vehicles here. I know that. The last time my wife and I went, she was not a happy camper because of these ride vehicles. She was okay going on Expedition Everest because she was sitting next to me. But because of the single file seating on Space Mountain, she would never ride it again. It's one of those for me where I'm, I never feel extremely comfortable, I guess is the best way to say it, on Space Mountain. Well, you're tall and so trying to cram your legs way down. Yeah, exactly. Be... Exactly. And, but also like just sitting at ground level too. You know, you you have to like almost squat down into the ride vehicle. You know, squat back out. It's one of those where I'm never excited to get on the ride when I, I'm excited when I'm waiting in the queue, and I'm excited like thinking about all the fun I've had on Space Mountain. But right right when I'm about like three cars away from getting on, I start thinking about how uncomfortable I'm going to be to start the ride. But as soon as this ride starts, I kind of forget about it. It's you know I'm not thinking about my uncomfortableness until I'm waiting to get off the ride again. But I agree with you here, and we apologize, Tom, but we had to take our shot while you're not here. Another one that's kind of on that same note is Goofy's Barnstormer. When I was younger, this was one of my absolute favorite attractions at at Walt Disney World, especially the Magic Kingdom, because there just weren't outside of Space Mountain and Big Thunder, there weren't there wasn't another roller coaster. And I was at the, the age where I really wanted to do roller coasters. So even though Barnstormer was nothing like Space Mountain or Big Thunder, I really enjoyed it. Um, now now I, you couldn't pay me to get on that ride. It's just it's not made for anyone over five foot six, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. It's 
it's designed for smaller children and you're kind of past that point in your life now. Well, everyone's a kid when they go to Disney, Pete. They should have thought about me. So they did try to pick, put this, or they did try to target you with this next ride and that's Mission Space. Unfortunately, these ride vehicles just leave something to be desired. They're falling apart. They're old. I don't know. They're just not real comfortable. They're not comfortable. And here's the thing, man, like the technology behind this ride is so incredible. And it, there's no other word for it. It is incredible. But the issue is you're looking at, you know, graphics on the screen in front of you that look like they're from the original PlayStation. And you're you're cramped up next to somebody who at any time could vomit. It's just one of those things where even, you know, punching the button, you know, if you don't punch it, like it automatically punches for you, which I don't, I don't really like. I don't think you should get rewarded for not doing something. <laughs> I agree with you, Pete. It's dated. It's cramped. It's very claustrophobic, and as much as I enjoy the technology, the ride vehicle is why I don't want to do it. All right. Well, anything else about the uh, about the ride vehicles? I, I don't think so. Um, I just want to encourage you know all of our listeners, all of our friends out there to um, you know reach out to us if there's a ride vehicle we missed, if there's you know something you disagree with about our take on the ride vehicle, you know please enlighten us and you know let us think about these things, these ride vehicles in a different different way um again you know just please reach out to us on on all the social media outlets that we have we really enjoy our feedback with you guys and you know give us some ideas for future episodes you might want to hear you know we're always excited and we're always um you know ready to to do to do things for you guys so with that being said tom is not here tonight so like pete did the news earlier i will um take up the disney trivia question so last week tom asked you guys what does a code p mean in the parks when you hear a cast member communicate that so this is a code used to request custodial maintenance on a ride for certain embarrassing mishaps so this could be anything from well let's just say the kid peed his pants. That's what happened. Um, and code V, as in vendetta, will stand for vomit. I don't know where Tom was trying to go with that trivia question. Um, it's kind of gross, but um, you know, earmuffs to little kids, I guess, <laughs> a little too late. I've also heard code V referred to as a protein spill. Really? I can understand that too. So tonight's trivia, and I'll, I'll get to the secret, don't worry. According to the building, what year was the Hollywood Tower Hotel built? So we're referring to the Tower of Terror attraction at Hollywood Studios. We um, we talked about this ride vehicle in detail tonight. So before we, we close this out tonight, guys, I want to give you the secret of the night. As we talk about taking the monorail from the Magic Kingdom to Epcot quite frequently on our podcast, when you ride the monorail at Walt Disney World, No matter your age, you may feel like you're an astronaut boarding a spaceship. Did you know that since 1971, the Walt Disney World monorail trains have logged enough miles to make 30 round trips to the moon? So I can only imagine that Pete's been on 15 of those round trips. But that that was interesting to us, and we enjoyed sharing that with you guys tonight. All right, well, that's all we've got this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at MendoWDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.